welcome to the CLB Forge podcast, brought to you by CLB North American Mission. This is a show to help equip you and your church for mission, ministry, and multiplying disciples. Welcome to episode 88. I'm Ryan Nilsson. And I'm Luke Chellog. We are your hosts, and today we're talking with three CLB ministry leaders about an impactful consulting and coaching partnership designed to enhance a church's youth ministry. Today's guests are Mark Johannesson. He's the associate pastor at True Life Lutheran Brethren Church in Rochester, Minnesota. We've got Sean Bowman, who is the senior pastor at Victory Lutheran Brethren Church in Jamestown, North Dakota, and also Conan Hirsch, who is the director of student ministries and creative arts at Victory. Hey guys, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. All right, so to start us off, we would love to know, can you each tell us what was your favorite cartoon or kid show growing up? Superman. Oh, that's a good answer. Transformers. I loved robots and I loved what they could do. I would have to say for me, it'd have to be Hey Arnold. What is Hey Arnold about? Uh, Man, it's about this uh, weird football-headed shaped kid growing up in a city with like all different kinds of friends. And man, the thing I loved about this show is you would have this kid that, you know, was just doing normal life, but he would have a lot of fun with it. You know, there's like some serious episodes and there's some really funny episodes, but like they weren't afraid to talk about serious things like what happened to mom and dad when I was a kid, because this kid grew up living in a boarding house with his grandparents and he never really knew what happened to his mom or dad. And then dealing with that, dealing with parents that weren't necessarily very good parents. Wow. (laughs) Like having friends that were dealing with broken homes and how through like a kid's eyes, like this is what they would see and how they kind of perceived what a broken home might be like for a kid through kid's eyes. And, uh, you know, as a kid growing up watching this, it was kind of refreshing, I guess. Conan, that might be the best cartoon. I was going to (laughs) say. That's right up there. You can find it on Hulu right now. We've been asking the cartoon question since episode 51, and you might have just won the like most thoughtful answer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I probably show my age like that I have no idea what the show is. Luke, you probably know. I think I've heard the name, but that's about it. That was profound. Like That was really well thought out. Man, that was impressive. I mean, if you're a millennial, you'd probably know about it. It was a standard Nickelodeon uh, okay. TV okay. show. But yeah, if you want to watch, it's on Hulu. Recommended. It's a great show. Wow. Nice. Nice. Hey, so just to kind of kick things off, I will throw a question to Mark Johansson here. It's what trends do you see in CLBA churches that have led you to create this consulting and coaching partnership? So maybe a little bit about me. I've been working as a youth director pastor for 25 years, and I would say student ministry has probably been 23 of those years. And students are some of my favorite people on the planet to work with. I've also been working for the Church of Lutheran Brethren part-time for 12, 13 years, just four or five hours a week. But networking churches and youth workers and youth ministry-related things. And because of that, I've gotten to know different churches and kind of hear different stories and get different perspectives of things that are going on. So as I've kind of just observed, I think I would probably say that our churches, typically there's, I'm going to say three categories. You've got probably a third of churches. They've got trained staff, youth director, uh, youth worker, uh, pastor who's got a lot of youth ministry experience, probably got a third of churches who have a volunteer-led youth ministry, and they're doing really well. Or maybe they've got a, a pretty new youth director who's just starting out. And then I probably also hear about a third of churches that have probably little to none uh, when it comes to youth ministry. They don't have students. They don't know where to start. Sometimes they're asking, hey, how do we start one? But they don't even have any students. And as I think about those categories, probably that last category is probably the one that 
probably is the most, I don't know, concerning or alarming or makes me want to just kind of pause and just kind of think about what can we do to come alongside them. There's a an organization called Youth Ministry Architects. I've seen them do some uh, research where they've said that if a church, if they look at their Sunday attendance, 10% is children's ministry and another 10 is junior high, high school ministry. That's a pretty good percentage of people that are in attendance, representing that that church is probably on a good, healthy track going forward. So when I see churches that maybe they don't have youth ministries or they're asking, how do we start one? Those are the churches that probably make me want to come alongside the most, give help to, give resources to. That's awesome. It sounds like it's meeting a, a much needed deficit kind of in, in certain yeah. areas. Mark, you describe a consulting coaching process that you've developed and some of the tools and resources that you use? Sure. So the first thing that we wind up doing is once a church has expressed interest, send three documents to church leaders, youth worker, whoever that key person is. And I think the three assessments, they kind of focus on three things. One would be, what are the leadership goals of the church when it comes to having a youth ministry? The second tool is really probably driven to try to see what tools does the youth worker, whoever that point person is, what do they have in their tool belt that'll help them to do youth ministry? And then the third assessment is kind of looking at long-term planning. How is this church set up when it comes to youth ministry for planning far ahead? And as I thought about that, I've talked with uh, Nick Mundus about this, and I know that he gets the opportunity, Brian, I think you as well, to visit churches. But as I've talked with Nick, I've asked Nick, hey, if you ever hear of a church that is in a place where they want to grow their youth ministry, they want to like figure out how to start, they want some ideas, they want to train a leader, pass along these assessments to give to churches to put in their hands and try to get them back to me. That's part of the process that I'm trying to start. And then when it comes to what does the actual coaching relationship look like? I would say there's probably two pieces to it. There's been, obviously you do the assessments on the front end, but then once you start to do the assessments and you get the return of those assessments and you start to process them, we did an on-site visit. And then the second half, there's maybe even a a follow-up at the end of the year, a second on-site visit. Those are, that's an optional one. But then in between those two would be some sort of monthly Zoom meeting where you're accomplishing probably one of two things. One is you're working on figuring out what are some like growth opportunities for the youth worker, for the church, and you're actually like reviewing a kind of a structured course. So that would be one option. And then the other option would be doing Zoom calls mostly for the purpose of just kind of getting together, kicking uh, some ideas in front of each other and kind of processing ministry. So that would be kind of the program that we've put together right now. I mean, just thinking about the assessments, like what would you say is the goal, like the purpose, the aim of these assessments, both for the youth worker and the church? Sure. I think for the youth worker, it's to figure out what are their strengths, what are their weaknesses, what are the opportunities that are in front of them to grow them. And then for the church, I think it's probably very similar. It's probably figuring out what are the opportunities that this church has? Maybe there's some things that they're not aware of that as an outsider, you coming in and looking at can see and then helping them kind of reach some of those goals. Mark, can you tell us a little bit more about what the coaching relationship looks like? There's all kinds of different types of coaching that can happen, and sometimes it's in groups, sometimes it's one-on-one. And you mentioned your coaching is either shaped around helping a youth worker develop educationally or develop new skills or help them to kind of work their ministry plans. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. The uh, one case study that I have of having this sort of partnership so far is with Conan and Jamestown, who's on here as well. And we sent him to do the assessments. He did the assessments. And then that started to kind of generate some topics from how to develop a teaching plan, how to create events, how to do marketing, different things related to that. 
And then you took that and you took our time together from the on-site visit and identified 12 topics. And we use those 12 topics as kind of a framework for what we looked at every month as we met. So every month as we met, typically there was an update on ministry, how are things going? There was a good chunk of time spent discussing maybe a book that followed up on one of those growth opportunities, or maybe presenting some ideas and kind of processing things and then giving out some homework for the month ahead. That would be probably the normal rhythm of what we did. So were the Zoom calls about an hour? Yeah, they were about an hour. Sometimes they would go about 90 minutes, but our target was 60. Okay. And the process goes, it's about once a month for about a year. Is that right? That would be correct. Yes. And was there probably some additional time initially to get things set up? So when I went up to Jamestown, I was on site for three days, I believe. So you go on site for three-day segment, get an idea of what needs to be accomplished, and then you have these monthly coaching calls. Yeah. So in the three days that I was on site, it was meet with elders, meet with Sean, the pastor, meet with Conan, meet with students. So when I was there, I watched Conan do youth group. He gave me a tour facility, tour of the town. We talked a lot about some of the opportunities. We did our first session together of those 12 sessions while I was on site. And then one of the requests from Sean was, okay, I said that I had a goal that I wanted to watch Conan do youth group, but Sean also flipped it and said he wanted Conan to watch me do youth group. So we had youth group two nights in a row. One night, me watching Sean or me watching Conan and the other night, Conan watching me. So, Oh, wild. Who did it better? That's a million dollar question. Obviously, Mark. <laughs> no, Conan's great. You had visuals, man. You pulled out the TV. You had the graphics. You put me to shame. They both did a good job. Oh, he's no rookie, that Marky J. Some assessment work ahead of time. Then you come in for this three-day session. There's some assessment that happens there, and this, the beginning of the coaching also happens there. And then you're meeting once a month on Zoom thereafter in a coaching relationship. Yep. What does something like this cost? So the person that I wound up working with to coach me and to help me to coach Conan was Tiger McLuhan. Tiger is a retired professor of youth ministries and some other courses at Bethel Seminary and Luther Seminary. And he's a national author. And I would say he's my friend. He's probably been doing youth ministry for 40 or 50 years, but he gave me some ideas of where to go and how to get things started. And as he made some suggestions to me, he told me a certain price point and he said, you're going to find out that as you're pricing things off and uh, making proposals to churches that it's going to take a lot more time than what you think. So I was on site for Jamestown for three days. That was three full days of work. But then on top of that, for every hour that me and Conan met during our coaching, there was probably three to five hours of prep that went into it. So when I made a proposal to Jamestown, that's what they asked. Here's what I said. And then Jamestown came back and said, here's what we, we kind of met in the middle. So we had a good fair agreement on costs. They covered all my expenses. And then there was an honorarium. And I think one of the things that was important was that they had skin in the game when it came to making the investment. Yeah, that's great. I know you've been coached as well. You've received coaching and mentoring. And Mark, you've been great about having people speak into your life, like your relationship with Tiger. Yeah. And I would say that for probably half of the sessions with Conan, I shared all of the recordings with Tiger and asked him for feedback and kind of asked him for questions along the way. I said, hey, this is what the next session is going to focus on. What would you do? Things like that. And then about halfway through, he kind of just kind of let go and didn't even follow up on some of my questions. And it was it was good. Nice. So, I mean, with Sean and Conan, you guys are kind of on the other side of this thing. What have you seen as being the benefits, some of the fruits of this relationship? What's that all look like from your side? Yeah. Was it any good? Mark, (laughs) cover your ears, Mark. (laughs) 
Oh, man, I'd say for my experience, having been on the receiving end of this coaching, I'd say easily one of the best benefits out of this has been uh, just developing such a good close friendship with Mark. And um, he's been such a, a monumental resource when it comes to if I have any questions about something or if I have any concerns, he's always just a phone call away. And not only that, but like he's got the experience. I mean, he, how many years experience is it now, Mark? Is it like 20 something now? 20 something. Yeah. Yeah. You have pretty much like my most of my life <laughs> worth of experience in youth ministry. <laughs> and uh, the fact I got to just sit with you and just chat with you and hear like your experience with certain things. And I've been able to share my experience and then you're able to say like, oh, well, I remember when I tried that and it didn't work <laughs> or, hey, actually you're onto something there. Keep doing it. You know, like just the fact that I have somebody with so much experience leading me, this is phenomenal. So it sounds like the relational aspect of it was just as important as anything else like that seemed to be pretty key for you guys yeah i mean i can read books and i can go to these conferences and stuff every year and i can probably learn some pretty cool things from those things but the experience that you get when you get to work one-on-one -on -one with somebody that's been doing it for so long i think far outweighs anything that i could ever pick up in a book or pick up at a conference yeah. you know not saying that like those conferences and those books don't mean anything but like the fact that you know here i have uh Mark, he's telling me you should read this book. And then I read this book and then him and I are able to have a conversation. He's like, so like, what are some of the key takeaways from this? And then he's able to share with me, like, you know, this is what I took away from it. And this is what I'm implementing. And this is what's working for me and my youth group. And this is what could work for your youth group. Anything you would add to that, Sean? My thoughts are, we were in a rebuilding program at our church in the past. Uh, I've been at Victory for 18 years. In the past 18 years, I've had uh, Luke Fiskness, amazing youth pastor. I had uh, John Kildee, amazing visitation teaching pastor. I had Kevin Patch, and uh, Kevin Patch is awesome, amazing guy. And so our church over the last 18 years, we've always been on the trajectory of moving up, up, up. And then we built a brand new church and hit some snags along the way. We lost some folks, this and that. And, and uh, it was back to my administrative assistant and I, and I was like, okay, time to rebuild. When we finally got the debt down to manageable again, I was down at a conference in Florida and my friend Keith Ulrich said, you know, I got a guy, he worked on a parachurch ministry for a while. He's played in, on a praise team in a big church. He might be a, a decent guy to bring in. And I said, has he ever been a staff member of a church? And he said, no, but he's teachable. And so I came home, threw it out to the elders. We paid to have Conan and his fiance to fly out. And we met them and prayed about it. And everybody felt really good about, let's bring him in. And about that time, Mark had been sending some stuff out to us pastors. So I just reached out to Mark and I said, you know, I think I might have a guy that'd be a perfect fit for what you're doing. And Mark came in and did exactly what he said he would do. At the end of the day, what I saw happen was Conan, who has a very teachable, good spirit, good heart, loves Jesus and loves our church. He was willing to be taught by, I feel like a master, someone who is in our denomination, really, really sound. Throughout the 18 years that I've been at Victory, we've hired four different consultants throughout the years, some really expensive, some not so expensive. and. Mark was, I feel, pennies on the dollar for what we got. We got value. We got Mark all the time. We got advice. It was the best investment we could have ever made. All my elders agree. 
If you're a church that doesn't have a program, or if you're a church that's needing a boost, you need to get Mark. And I was just doing the math as Mark was speaking for what we paid Mark and the hours. I figured, Mark, did, do you think you did 60 hours or more than 60 hours? Probably more. Because if Mark did, did 60 hours with us, <laughs> he's getting 20 bucks an hour. If he did more, which he probably did, then we're talking more like 10 bucks an hour. That was an amazing investment. And I'll tell you why. We were at three or four or five kids after we lost Kevin and lost Luke and lost John. And we're just down to me. My wife was running the youth program. Mark comes in, he starts working with Conan. Hey, lately Conan's had 20, 30 kids at wow. youth group. Blowing my mind. We're back to the old days again. He's rocking and rolling. Mark gave him the right tools at the right time. Mark was very reasonable. He cares. He's always on it. I would say if you're a church that needs help, this is a no brainer. You can't afford to not hire Mark to do this. It was amazing for our church. And we loved having Mark working with Conan and Conan has soaked up everything that he needed to soak up from Mark to take it to the next level. And we're, we feel very blessed to have had Mark. Oh, that's neat. I think you kind of spoke to this a little bit, but I was wondering if Sean and Conan, both of you could just tell us a little bit more. Why'd you say yes to this? You hit on this a little bit, but I was wondering if you'd draw this out. Like why for each of you, what led you to say yes at the beginning? The Church of the Lutheran Brethren, the new mantra is we're a discipleship-making denomination. We see that up on the sign when you come into the national headquarters. Any church that's listening to this right now knows it's not easy to call the seminary and say, hey, I need a guy. Send me a good guy, please. I need an associate or a youth guy. That doesn't happen anymore. I mean, it's hard to get pastors. You find them. You might get lucky and get one from the seminary, but you find them, you raise them up. We are becoming a discipleship-making church, literally. And one of the great things, guys, is Mark is a seminary-trained pastor who has been trained specially with youth ministry. He comes in alongside of me, and I know his doctrine is good. I know he's solid. He's LB. And he works alongside of me and my elders to help disciple Conan. And to not only help Conan to become a a great youth worker, but to open the door for Conan to start thinking about, should I be going to seminary? Should I be taking some classes? Now Conan's taking his first seminary class. That all precipitates because we brought a guy like Mark in to help us make a disciple. And he's becoming a disciple maker. How I saw it is we got a young guy who's teachable, willing to be taught. I saw this email from Mark saying, I'm offering this to you churches. And I said, I need some help. Come on out to Jamestown. And it was a perfect timing opportunity for us to hear what Mark had to offer. And those statistics that Mark threw out, if those are accurate and I don't have any reason to doubt him, then Mark should be so busy consulting that he has no time to do his ministry down in Rochester because every church in our denomination needs Mark that's kind of doing a part-time thing with youth ministry or whatever. I mean, there are churches that have big churches that have youth pastors. Great. That's fine. They don't need Mark, but churches that, that are kind of in the rebuilding mode or small churches that are looking, those are the ones that like us, who are just like, Hey, we need some help. That's what I saw. It was a perfect fit. I don't know. What do you say, Conan? I'd echo that usually. Like I, I just, while you were talking, like I had like three or four different churches just pop into my mind. Like, that would seriously benefit from having somebody like Mark coming alongside, even if it's just like a volunteer, not even like a staff person. Because I mean, let's be real, not every church is going to have the resources to pay somebody even part-time. And a lot of in a lot of churches, especially the smaller grassroot backwoods, kind of rural area type cities, you know, they're all volunteer driven anyway. 
But like even having somebody like Mark come alongside those people, I think would be a serious blessing for any ministry that's in the process of like what Pastor Sean said here of rebuilding, growing, or just even getting established. I really wanted to point out too, when we're all done with Mark, he checks back in. Hey, do you guys need a tune up? You want me to come back? And we will for sure have him back again. One of the thoughts that I had was I'm grateful to how professional the consulting package he brought to Jamestown looked and worked and and was. He was on it. He told us what he was going to do. He did what he said he was going to do. He did it in timely fashion. And he was always following up on Conan. I mean, I always, every time I'd walk by Conan's office, he seemed to be on the phone with Mark. And our youth group was growing as it was happening. And so really, I see Mark Johansson right now as an asset in our denomination and a true professional consultant. And if half of our churches need help with youth ministry, God has provided the opportunity. And it's a gift right there. I think you should call Mark if you're hearing this podcast and have a visit with him because he will work with you. He loves our denomination. The other thing I was blessed on is, you know, I'm always listening for law gospel. Oh, am I going to get a bunch of Arminian fluff or is it going to be good theological doctrine stuff? You know, because I want to hear Lutheran doctrine and I want to hear how it's going to bring people to Christ. And, and man, he was blessing my socks off as he was doing his teaching. You know, I went up and listened, watched, and uh, just good. And then he was pushing Conan to dig in deeper with his doctrinal positions and things. It's like, man, Mark is a gift, and we need to recognize that. Oh, that's great. Sean, we can tell you're reading from a script. I don't know if you, I mean, I'm, I'm sure this is something that Mark sent your way, but. <laughs> yeah, paid you to say that. Yeah. As I was listening to you both, I think you both are experiencing what a lot of churches are, this growing trend of churches developing leaders internally. Instead of expecting to hire or call somebody that's fully prepared and equipped, instead we're, we're identifying within our churches. And in your case, you found someone who you could bring into your church, but they're teachable. They don't have all of the training yet. They need some guidance along the way. And you found that person in Conan who is teachable and you have found a very reasonable way to give him some valuable training uh, through Mark. That's that's awesome. He's been a gift. You know, on Easter, my son came down with COVID, so I couldn't preach Easter service. And then last Sunday, I came down with COVID again, so I couldn't do it. And, you know, I was watching Easter service and last Sunday, and Conan uh, led the service and knocked it out of the park. God takes care of our churches, and he blesses us. And it's not that we're not without It's that sometimes we got to back the car up and take a look around and say, how is God providing? And there may be a church sitting way out in the middle of Bufunk, uh, Iowa, or Montana, or North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota, Iowa, uh, or uh, Wisconsin, maybe somewhere out east or west. And you're saying, I just feel hopeless. I mean, I don't know how we're going to do this. We got a few youth, we got four or five youth left. I feel confident that Mark will help you out. And that's just a gift. And we got things like Zoom nowadays, and he's going to stick with you and help you get this stuff and and get some momentum going. And that's what happened with us. I know it'll happen with more churches as they start to hear this and recognize we have a tool and God is blessing our denomination with one of many great tools. Ryan's a great tool and many other things that our denomination is providing right now for the churches. But I hope that people do really take to heart if you need some a boost in your youth ministry, Mark's a great blessing. 
So, Mark, one question for you is if a youth worker or a church is interested in doing this, participating in this mentorship program, what would be the next step they could take? Well, I would say that first, like if cost is something that is a roadblock, uh, we're working on getting a grant to help to offset, not to cover all of it, but to offset some of the costs. Then the other thing I would say is in the show notes, there'll be a web link. The web link is on the CLBA webpage. It's got my contact information. Feel free to reach out to me. The uh, assessments that I talked about, all three of them are there. So people can look at them ahead of time and kind of get a feel for what are the things that we're going to be asking and talking about. Awesome. That sounds great. Well, hey, Mark and Sean and Conan, thank you guys so much for being with us today, taking time out of your busy schedules. To our listeners, don't forget to subscribe to our show, and we'd love it if you shared this podcast with a friend or a colleague. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. This has been an episode of the CLB Forge podcast, brought to you by CLB North American Mission. Thanks for listening. We welcome your questions and comments. Email us at podcast at clbforge.org.